Welcome to Belfast City Vineyard, where we are pursuing formation in the presence of Jesus, community gathered around Him, and the impact He empowers us to bring in our families, city, and the world. The following message was given at one of our Sunday services. For more information, visit our website at BelfastCityVineyard.com. Again, good morning and welcome to Belfast City Vineyard and a very happy Christmas to you. I'm so glad that we are here together. Isn't there something just so comforting and and even stirring about singing carols and and hearing those oh-so-familiar passages read over us? I I don't know about you. But for me, Christmas just has a way of, of kind of connecting with my emotions like nothing else. You know, right now, just driving home on those dark nights and seeing all the houses lit up and seeing the Christmas trees twinkling in the windows, it just kind of stirs something inside me. And maybe you've never noticed it, but actually the theme of light runs all through the Christmas story. You know, already we've heard so many of those Christmas passages read to us. And huge thank you to all our readers this morning. And, and in them and in many, many others, we see this idea of light just taking the center stage. You know, we started with that passage from Isaiah, you know, written 700 odd years before Jesus. And it's speaking of how the people walking in darkness are going to see a great light. And then we see angels, you know, usually something that's kind of fairly shiny when we think about it and in all our minds. And we see angels appearing to Zachariah and to Mary and to Elizabeth. Then we have the night sky just filled with a host of angels appearing to the shepherds and no doubt shining. And then we have the wise men or, or the magi from the east following a shining star. And this theme of light just runs all through the story of Christmas. And John in his gospel, summing up the whole story of Jesus, puts it this way. Listen to this reading from John chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. This idea of light shining into the darkness, of of order breaking into chaos, of, of good pushing back the boundaries of evil, is not just through the Christmas story, but it runs through the whole Bible from beginning to end. And actually, in most movies and books and stories ever written or told or made, There's something in our very DNA that longs to see light break into the darkness, to see order come into chaos. And I was was thinking about this this last week and just praying about this service and I spotted a meme that someone had posted on a certain social media channel and it just kind of made me chuckle and made me think of the moment that we're in. This was someone's summation of the last two years that we've lived through. Things may be tough now, but there's always a light at the end of the tunnel. 
And then the light at the end of the tunnel turns out to be something rather scary. I know it's a bit kind of facetious and a joke, but I'd imagine if we're honest, more than a few of us might agree. It just seems like at every turn, when we think we're getting somewhere, you know, more bad news lands. Another variant appears. Another crisis hits somewhere across the world. Another person we know and love gets ill. Another ping and we need to isolate. You know, another complicated set of hurdles to negotiate it or, or some long-standing plans that just have to be cancelled. You know, whatever it is for you, it can feel, if we're honest, more than a little overwhelming When I read John's line about the darkness not overcoming the light, it makes me think of how many of us feel overwhelmed by the moment that we're living in. How we feel like the chaos, the heartache, the the inability to protect the people we love can feel like it's overtaking us. Even just the constant need to keep up to date with information and new procedures can feel like too much. You know, what's new today? What can we do and what can't we do this week? What does the latest information mean for my kids and their schooling? You know, not to mention some of you who are working in you know, hospitals or schools that just feel already like they're beyond breaking point. I know I've found a few minutes or a few moments over the last 18 months, more than a few minutes, a few moments where I've just felt utterly overwhelmed. And maybe you can relate to that. And you know what? That doesn't make us weak. It doesn't make us bad. It doesn't make us a failure. To feel overwhelmed in the midst of chaos and uncertainty makes us human. Life at the best of times can be overwhelming. But in the midst of this moment, there is so much pressing in on us that it is no surprise at all when we feel that the light at the end of the tunnel is just an illusion or worse, something sinister. So how about this morning? I just give you permission to pause and to breathe and just to acknowledge or to admit to yourself that you feel overwhelmed. And how about you feel that without feeling guilty? There's no guilt. There's no guilt if you feel overwhelmed. There's no guilt because... You know, what defines us is not do we or don't we feel overwhelmed? It's instead, what do we do when we feel that way? Where do we go with that sense of being overwhelmed? And in my experience, the the two most common responses when life gets really tough and we don't think we can cope are either to shut down or to power up. You know, some of us, we just want to crawl back into bed, pull the covers over our head and hope that it all goes away. You know, I know I've felt like that a few times, a few days, maybe even a few weeks in this last season. You know, we withdraw into ourselves, lock the doors, avoid people and try to numb out the pain with any number of distractions. Does that sound familiar to your experience maybe? Has anybody else completed Netflix? For others of us, when we feel overwhelmed, our response is to find something that we can control. Anything, and to just own it like a boss. I don't know about you, has anyone else's house been the tidiest and cleanest it's ever been during lockdown? Or anyone else got the most neatly aligned sock drawer there's ever been? 
or a perfectly alphabetized spice rack. I mean, personally, I think that's just good sense. You know, but for me, I've become obsessed with folding bags for life into those neat little triangles. Have you done that? Bet you more than the few of you have. Or maybe your need to control runs a little deeper. And we find ourselves doing damage to relationships around us as we've tried to get a handle on all that's coming at us. We've tried to find something that we can have control over. And here's the deal. Either response is understandable, for sure. But I'm not sure that either is particularly helpful. What I think we see in the Christmas story is a third way to respond to the darkness and the chaos around us. And it's this. When we feel overwhelmed, when we feel like we can't bear the weight of all that is being placed on our shoulders, we can look to something bigger than ourselves that can hold the weight. We actually know this instinctively. When you're carrying something heavy and your arms are getting tired, or you might say they're becoming overwhelmed by the weight, you naturally look for somewhere secure that you can rest that weight, where you can give your arms a break, right? You know, maybe a wall or a table, maybe a friend, maybe just the ground. We just need to set the weight down for a moment. We need to pause, release that weight onto something or someone else. Well, when life is closing in all around us, we don't have to shut down or power up. We can look for something bigger than ourselves that can bear the weight. We can look for something or someone to put our hope in that can handle it. You know, part of what I love about our church family here at BCV is a deep seated desire to love and to serve the vulnerable and the marginalized in our city. I just love that. Much of that is done through our charity, Storehouse. If you've never heard about that, you can look that up on our website or on their website, storehousebelfast.com. I don't have time to unpack it for us today. But throughout lockdown uh, and beyond, we have been getting to welcome a huge number of people into Storehouse and into our community who are seeking asylum in our city. Wonderful people from every conceivable country, some countries I'd never even heard of before, who have had to endure more than you can possibly imagine. People who have lived through the worst that the darkness can throw at them and yet have not been overtaken. It's been a constant source of challenge and encouragement to me personally. Um, just a few months ago, I, visit, I ventured down into Storehouse one afternoon. It was a busy afternoon. And I just checked in for a little while on our creative arts environment. You know, we had a table of people who were painting and others who were working on clay. We had another group in a corner just making beautiful greeting cards. And then we had a large and noisy table of children just painting and drawing and laughing and sometimes crying and generally having fun. If I'm honest, it felt a little like chaos, you know, in a beautiful and creative kind of a way. The kind of way that makes people like me who love spreadsheets really uncomfortable and make people like our creativity coordinator, Amy, just come to life. They just love it. But something was happening. 
And I stayed for a few minutes and I got to chat with two ladies who were new with us that afternoon. One of them had come from Palestine and one had come from Yemen. And they had met together and they had arrived in Storehouse for the first time that afternoon. They had journeyed across countless countries and different refugee camps just to get here to Belfast. One of them had five children and the other had four children with them. Both their husbands were still in their home countries. You talk about having a right to feel overwhelmed. But what I saw just for a moment, just for an hour, was they were allowed to place the weight of being mums to nine children on someone else. Or at least share it for a moment. We got the kids busy creating and drawing and having fun. Our team loved them really well. And the mums got to simply be. One was just full of life and was active and wanted to do something creative herself and wanted to tell us her story and share all that she'd been through. The other wanted to simply sit in a comfy chair and be still and know for a moment that her kids were happy and were safe. The most overwhelming of weights for a moment was placed on or or at least shared with something bigger than themselves and they could breathe and the darkness and the chaos was pushed back a little and light shone in. I just loved it. And that's a microcosm, just a little snippet of things that we get to see day in day out, as the darkness gets pushed back, even if it's just for the briefest of moments. If we have eyes to see it, the Christmas story from beginning to end tells us that there is a light shining in the midst of the darkness, a light breaking in and pushing back the chaos and the evil of this world around us, a light that John tells us the darkness cannot overcome, cannot overwhelm. A light that can bear the weight of all our hopes and all our fears, all our disappointments and all our longings. A light that can take all that the darkness has to throw at it and still shine on. And that light is Jesus. He was promised from of old. And when he arrived, the darkness, as we heard in the reading, in the form of King Herod, tried to overcome him, tried to kill him and to snuff out the hope he brought. But Herod failed, and the light shone on. And 30 years later, they tried again as they hung him on a cross. But again, they failed, and the light shone on in the darkness. And for 2,000 some years, the story and the message of Jesus, the light and the hope that he brings has shone on. Many have tried to snuff it out through violence or corruption, through intellect or reason, through coercion or force. And yet all across the world, in every language and culture, people still gather around Jesus. People still place the weight of their hopes and fears on him. Whatever you might think about him, you're gathered right now together, even as we're scattered at home, ultimately because of him. The light shines on. 
And all through the Christmas story, we see people with huge weights on their shoulders who could easily have been overwhelmed. We see them not shut down or not power up, but instead place that weight on Jesus. Allow him to carry their hopes. Mary and Joseph, Zachariah and Elizabeth, shepherds and wise men, they pin it all on Jesus and they find in him something that can bear the weight. In that beautiful passage in Isaiah, we're told that he can be a wonderful counsellor and an everlasting father and a prince of peace. We're told that the weight of ruling and reigning, of, of showing us the best way through the chaos that ensues around us, can rest on his shoulders, that he can bear the weight. Do you need that this Christmas? Are you overwhelmed by anxiety and stress? He promises that he can be the Prince of Peace that you need. Are you crushed by uncertainty of where to turn, unsure of even who you are anymore? He has promised to be a wonderful counsellor. Are you fearful of what the future might hold? Are you tired of bearing responsibility for others around you? He's promised that he can be an everlasting father. What if this Christmas... In admitting that we feel overwhelmed, we didn't shut down and we didn't power up, but instead invited Jesus, the light that the darkness can't overcome, to bear the weight. What if we invited him to come close? What if we placed our hopes and our fears on him? What if we trusted him with our uncertainties? What if we took the responsibilities that we feel crushing us and we put them on his shoulders and partnered with him? If that's something you've never considered or you've never done, in a moment I'm going to give you the opportunity to choose to follow him this Christmas. And that doesn't mean that everything will be perfect and rosy and it doesn't mean that you have all your questions answered or that you don't have doubts. It means that you're choosing in a moment to say, I want to explore this life with you, Jesus. I want to put my trust that you are the light that the darkness can't overcome. But for those of you who have placed our hope and our trust in Jesus, the life he calls us into isn't just going to church and trying to be good. If that's what you've been told following Jesus is all about, you know, just sin management, just try to be better. I'm really sorry, but it's way off the mark. We are invited to follow him in pushing back the darkness around us. We're called to partner with him in being the light of the world. The second passage that we read in Isaiah speaks of Jesus carrying wisdom and counsel and power and knowledge and justice and compassion, pushing back the brokenness in this world and lifting up the poor, healing the hurt, comforting the broken. The light isn't just not overcome by the darkness. The light came to invade the darkness, to push it back, to help Bear the weight of those who are feeling overwhelmed. And Christmas, for those of us who say we are following Jesus, 
isn't just about nice, you know, nostalgic times with you and yours. And that's good and it's great and you should definitely have that for sure. But it is a rallying call as well to lift our eyes off ourselves, to see where those around us are feeling overwhelmed, to look and see where the chaos and the darkness is closing in, in in our city, in our communities, even in our own families and our own households, to see that, to notice it and to be willing to bear some weight, to stand with the hurting and the broken, the overwhelmed, the confused and the dying and to push back, to partner with Jesus in bringing peace, in bringing justice, in bringing hope. It doesn't mean that we have to shoulder all the weight and become crushed ourselves. It doesn't mean that we take on responsibility for everybody and try to fix everybody. You know, you can't do that. You can't bear all that weight. You can't fix people. That's Jesus' job and he's really good at it. It does mean we partner with him in doing what we can where we are to stand with the harassed and the helpless, with those flagging in strength and with those desperately wanting for a hope. It does mean that we carry the light of his presence into the darkest places and that we stand in hope and in confidence that Jesus, the light in us, cannot be overcome. So where are you at this Christmas? How are you responding to all that just threatens to overwhelm you? Are you shutting down and numbing or powering up and dominating? Or are you placing the weight of it all upon Jesus? How are you responding to a culture around you that is drowning in anxiety and fear? Are you aware that you carry the light that they so desperately need? Are you willing, even for a moment, to say, let me bear some of that weight. Let me stand with you. Don't be overwhelmed. Don't be crushed. There is hope in Jesus. How are you going to respond this Christmas season? Don't just numb it all out with parties and food and fun. That stuff is great. Enjoy that. But don't miss a moment where the light wants to break in. Because as John said, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. I'd love to pray for us as we close and pray that this Christmas, wherever you're at with Jesus, that you would get to encounter him afresh, that you would get to carry his joy and his peace and his light with you into all that this Christmas holds. Like I said earlier, if you're not currently following Jesus and you want to begin a journey with him today, then I'm going to pray a prayer. And you can echo that in your heart. If you want to, you can pray it out loud. But simply posture your heart towards him and say you're open. I'm going to pray that now and you can pray along with me at home and then I'll pray for the rest of us as we close. Jesus, I feel overwhelmed. I'm weary and tired of trying to do life in my own strength. Today I recognize the brokenness and the darkness in me and I know I can't change it in my own strength. I'm sorry for thinking 
that I can. Instead, today, this moment, I choose to follow you. I choose to receive your forgiveness, your strength, your hope, your joy. Come be my light this Christmas and forevermore. Amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer for the first time choosing to follow Jesus or coming back to him, I would love to hear from you. You can drop me an email, alan at belfastcityvineyard.com. We'd love to help you begin that journey of following him. And then for the rest of us, let me pray for us now. Jesus, would you be present with us this Christmas? Would you show us those places around us where people feel overwhelmed, where the darkness is closing in, and would you give us courage and strength to stand with them, to bear the weight, to issue hope and peace and joy in your name? Would you show us where you're calling us to partner with you in being the light breaking into the darkness of this world? And where we Each one of us could do with more of your light. Would you come fill us afresh? Would you come strengthen us and encourage us? And would you lead us into the fullness of all that you have for us this Christmas season? Amen. Guys, have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your week and a wonderful Christmas time. Thanks for listening to this message. For all the latest information about what's happening in the life of our church, Or if you have any questions or comments, head over to BelfastCityVineyard.com.